Welcome back to the Inspired Incompetence Podcast. And please, keep your expectations reasonable. How's everybody doing? Reasonable. Unreasonable. Nice. Oh. Oh, oh my. Mer. Combo breaker. Okay, so here we are in Vigil. Finally. How, how long has it been since the plan to go to Vigil? How, how long has it been since like that has come up? Like, I think since you guys put everybody to rest in the ghostly Roslar's coffer back in book one, right? Pretty much, yeah. Oh, like, like, that was so when long. Uttred was told mayor by the Grive. mayor to be like, yeah, you should go tell the Knights of Ozum. They're like, okay. A book and a half later, we're finally there. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. All right, yeah. So, here you guys are. It's the City of Vigil. 11,500 people here. Uh, it is very bustling with people because you've got this white blade festival that you're you're waking up to uh day one of it's like a a three day long festival takes place every 10 years and it's kind of this like remembrance festival of this kind of civil war that vigil had a hundred years ago today actually because it's the centennial and it used to, like, when it first started out, it was, like, this time of, like, somberness. But since then, it has turned into this uh, time to celebrate, like, the city and uh, its, like, government uh, members and a time for the people to be able to come forward with grievances and suggestions. It's basically a... A three-day-long suggestion box of a celebration for the City of Vigil. So, yeah, you guys spent the night and in Arcane Marks, Great Inn Chain, and, yeah, you, the, the world is your oyster. You can, like, just go ham. What what, what do you guys want to do? Yeah, there's no, there's no shining beacon that you're supposed to trek towards. There's no way station uh, guiding your way, but... You, know, you still have a goal, and but the, the way you might reach that goal might differ. It might shift over time. But otherwise, you guys are free to, to solve this problem however you want. Uh, before I let you guys off the chain, uh, there's a little flashback that we're going to have. <gasps> we start with a close-up of Randolph. Wild white hair sticking to his face with sweat. His eyes bulge out from their sockets as they whirl this way and that while we zoom out and see that he's laying on a cold stone floor. As we back up enough to get a better look at our surroundings, Randolph shakily gets to his feet. Hello? Is anybody there? The room is dark, with no light sources, but a dim ambience lets us see after a moment of adjusting. Bare stone walls close the room in, with only a simple wooden bench in one corner. A reinforced wooden door sits in the wall opposite the bench, with a small window at the top, though instead of glass, the window is comprised of several thick, vertical bars of steel. Randolph hurries to the cell door and presses his face against the bars to see out to the other side. Hello? Where am I? Someone help! I, I, I don't belong in here! Silence. Randolph strains his ears for a sound, but no one answers. Again he calls out, this time banging at the door. Again, no sign of anyone. He fiddles with the doorknob, but he's locked inside. He grabs the bars in the door's window and wrenches at them, but they don't bulge. 
Again he calls, and again he tries to open the door. Time passes. Randolph paces the room, muttering aloud. Time passes again. He sits at the bench, head in hands. More time passes. He charges at the reinforced door, slamming his shoulder into it with all his might, but collapses in pain. Please, is anyone there? Time passes again. We can see Randolph lying on the floor beneath the bench. At first, it appears as if he's resting, but as we get lower, we can see his hands working on the metal bands that affix it to the wall. He grips the band tightly and gives it a good yank, but the band hardly moves. More time passes. The bench appears slanted. Randolph is making progress. Time passes again. Randolph is pacing the room again, massaging his hands. Uh, I'm getting out of here, and you won't stop me, whoever you are who put me in here, because you don't exist! More time. Whack. Whack. Crunch. Randolph finally frees the loosened bench from the wall with several firm stomps. He whirls around at the door, ready for someone to finally enter after hearing the noise he had made. But still nothing. See? I told you you don't exist. Randolph picks up the bench seat, hefts its weight in both hands, and approaches the reinforced door. Like a battering ram, he winds back and strikes the door with it. No noticeable change. He winds back and strikes again. And again, time passes. We see Randolph laboring for untold hours at the door, slowly wearing down the bench seat. More time passes and Randolph sits in the corner of the room, resting while his arms tremble with fatigue. More time and he's at it again. Another jump in time and he paces the room again, twisting his back in discomfort. Finally, with a solid thunk, the door budges. We can see the wall next to the door crack as the hinges are forced free in the top corner on the other side. The door still stands tall and defiant, but Randolph is emboldened by his progress. Oh, this door is going down. More time passes. Randolph's clothes are drenched in sweat. His breaths come in laborious gasps. <gasps> the bench seat is worn down to being almost useless scraps of wood, but he keeps wailing away at the door. More time. Another cracking thunk, and the middle hinges are freed from the wall. Randolph stops again, breathing hard. He looks down at the remains of the bench seat and tosses it aside. He backs up to the far wall. Come on, Randolph. And with a burst of speed, he pushes off from the wall, sprinting at the door. He leaps up at the end of his charge and lets his entire weight fall into the door. And with a mighty snap, the door is finally freed from the wall. Randolph lands with a crash on the collapsed door, groaning in pain. With great effort, he picks himself back up. Just like in the cell he awoke in, though, there's no one to be seen. After a moment of taking in the continued silence, Randolph clutches his left shoulder and slowly makes his way down the dark hallway. More cell doors line the hallway walls, but no one can be seen inside any of them. He gets to the end of the hallway and opens the large double doors to the pale moonlight. He looks up and falls to his knees. In the sky, instead of a moon, is a large, glowering skull. Endless rows of gravestones line the hills in the distance. Randolph looks around in shock. Boneyard? What? How? He takes a few steps further, exiting the prison he'd just broken out of, and looks around some more. Hello, anyone? More silence. With trembling limbs, Randolph takes another step. Time passes. Randolph walks among the gravestones, clearly with no idea where he should be going. More time, 
He continues trudging, scanning the horizon for something, anything. More time passes. Randolph sits on a gravestone, resting. Then he hears something. A footstep. Randolph jumps up, whirling around in search of the source of the sound. Who is it? Who's there? Out from behind a tall gravestone steps a tall, hideous woman, with withered flesh stretched tightly over her frame. One of her eyes, deep red, bulges grotesquely out of its socket. In the light of the skull moon, though, her hair shines with a beautiful blue sheen. Oh, I, I, I don't want any trouble now. I, I'm just trying to find my way home. Please, who are you? The woman steps up to Randolph, who's frozen in fear. She considers him for a moment, then closes her eyes as she takes a long, deep inhale through her nostrils. <sighs> As if smelling some aroma on him, she opens her eyes with a glare. Tell me where she is. Uh, uh, who? I, I'm not even sure where I am. Please, I don't know. A quick movement and the sound of torn fabric interrupts Randolph. He looks down and sees four long gashes running down his chest. As he watches, blood fills the gouges and begins pouring down his front. Randolph falls to his knees as his strength is sapped through the mortal wound. The woman bends down to be at his eye level again and brandishes a powerful, deadly, clawed hand. With a single clawed finger, she taps at Randolph's chest. You have one, just like her. Now tell me where my daughter is. And we're back in Vigil. That was a good one. Holy yeah, fuck, wait, yeah. what? <laughs> I didn't know about mm. that. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> and you were there. <laughs> yeah, I know, but Randall's backstory is, you know, you know. A mystery to Randolph. <laughs> this this, I, was, I, this yeah. was one of the few things that you and I went over. That would have been nice <sighs> so, for Randall to share maybe uh, when we had a visit from a clawed lady looking for her daughter. That's classic. Well, and to to be fair, uh, the the way she appeared just now in this flashback was not the way she appeared, minus having blue hair, to everybody else. Like she seemed like a she looked like a beautiful woman, and that's that's not even necessarily the same person. Who's to say it's uh, not a totally different person? I mean, where it's is the same my person, daughter? <laughs> <laughs> Unless I have multiple mothers. She's she's got a. Uh... She, she, you have one like she does, taps on an oval. So you're telling me there's two mothers searching for their daughters that both have ovals? Look, man. Like, maybe. I'll bet you every hero point I earn for the rest of this campaign that there's not two moms. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that bet because I won't need to pay anything until I know, the you're end just of the gonna, campaign. You're just going to write something in like, yeah, you guys finished. <laughs> we capped everything. Oh, by the way, a mother shows up. <laughs> be like, oh no, such and such lost a PC. All right, let me help you make a new backstory. By the way, you are female. <laughs> And your mother was from the Boneyard. Joe, you're not allowed to die the rest of this campaign. <laughs> well, tell Alex, not me. <laughs> All right, so we are in Vigil. You guys wake up in the in Arcane Marks. Uh, do you guys do watches, or do you just kind of like, like I don't think enjoy we... a, a full yeah. night's rest? Yeah, yeah, I don't think I would. Yeah, no, we're in, in town. Rogar just went to sleep. This is the first time he's truly felt safe in a long time i always just go to sleep yeah and i imagine 
but there's locks on these doors, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we ain't doing watches with locked doors. Yeah. Seriously. What, are they going to, like, throw a vampiric mist at you yeah, going under the crack seriously. on the door or something? We're on the material plane now, okay? Yeah, you guys fought three of those things in the in Rustlers 2. Yeah, so, semantics. Can you prove that Rustlers 2 is on the material plane? I, I could, but I'd rather get started with the session. All right, so you guys, you guys wake up. Uhtred's going to spend the morning going to where his family lives. He's going to visit his dad. Okay. Any other... Uh... Any other plans? I think Rogar is mostly just going to be wandering around the city, just enjoying being in a city again. Didn't realize how much, how much he would miss the almost claustrophobia that comes with being in a densely packed city. But just being around a bunch of living people again is really... He's, he's got Rogar like on cloud nine. Yeah, and I think another thing that would probably give you probably like this sense of invincibility is the fact that nobody gives a fuck that you're there it's like anywhere that you've gone where there's actually been people they've been like you guys like we like you are now the center of this entire situation here you are it's like just filled with people and like everybody's just walking by you like as if you don't exist because it's just a big busy city so you just probably almost feel like a phantom here yeah, almost. Like a phantom. You almost feel like Thalias. <laughs> Alright, uh, Vipira, uh, Randolph, you have any any plans? Vipira's gonna head off to the nearest Mass Brotherhood uh, <laughs> location. Alright, and by nearest, you Did you, you say only. Did you say the Mass Brotherhood? That's right, the Mass Brotherhood. Heading to their vigil field office. How interesting. We have yet to uh, hear, see, or taste the Mass Brotherhood in this AP. That's right. Can't wait to taste them. Randolph, how about you? Uh, Randolph's going to take a me day, you know? Yeah. And uh, just decompress the events of his whole life of, for the last, you know, since he uh, wound up in this predicament with his friend, Thelias. Yeah, he's so just going to... somewhere. Yeah, he's going to... Uh, He's just going to try to not be insane. Basically, when he walked into Vigil, the uh, the craziness like took a tick up, and uh, he's, he's going to try and have it take a tick down. So hopefully nothing crazy happens to him today. <laughs> sure, sure. Okay, so let's see. What should we do first? I mean, I got other things I want to do in town, but I think you said we had, what, three days until the festival happened? Well, no, the, the festival's going on right now. It's a three-day-long festival. Okay. Well, my just, and this is kind of more for the entire group. Just my thoughts as a player was that with this festival happening, probably the higher ups are like dedicating a hundred percent focus to it, and aren't going to be like taking audiences until it's over. No, uh, I quite the contrary. Yeah, I heard actually. the opposite. Oh. Uh, yeah, th- this is an opportunity for the people of the city to like go to the higher ups with with grievances and concerns about the 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 well being of the city. It's uh, like h- how it's running. Okay. Um, so wait, is this like a public forum, like a giant public town hall festival? Uh, it's it's a bit looser than that. Like th- you know that there are like there will be uh, city officials just throughout the city, like making speeches, like the like the high 
priestess of Iamade, who you know, uh, Eluna Varvados, uh, like she'll likely be at the the temple Sancta Iamade, like giving speeches about like the value of faith and stuff like that. And then when she's done with that, um, people are free to come forward to her uh, with you know this or that. And then like uh, like a high ranking member of the military might you know make a speech near the uh like watchers tour the like the the big uh walled in castle in the center of the city about things concerning the military and then people are free to come forward to him with like military base concerns stuff like that so yeah it's it's kind of it's spread out throughout the whole city there's not like a singular place that you can go to but there's uh there's definitely some like hubs yeah i i i had interpreted how it was going differently like i probably would be more on board with let's talk to someone important now while it makes sense because of the style of the festival and then do like see the family like go do research after we talk to higher ups all right well i mean again you've got you've got three days which isn't a lot of time but you know if anybody had like more like personal goals that they wanted to get out of the way first like that's not an unreasonable uh extra step it kind of sounds like Uhtred might be the only one who's uh who's in that train of thought because everybody else had like uh their own personal agendas they wanted to do anyway but if Uhtred wanted to individually go seek somebody out to talk to that you know that would that that'd be fine too I mean, we could make a game plan here of, uh, all right, everybody meet up at this time today and let's get a hold of these people. That's a good idea. Any other thoughts? Uh, no thoughts for me. That sounds good. We wake up in the morning and we're all like, yeah, so what are we going to get to? And then someone says, well, I have to go do this. And, oh, I'd like to do that. We say, all right, well, let's meet up here in six hours, say. Meet up for dinner. Meet meet back at at Arcane Marks at sundown or something. Yeah, that works for me. Yeah, that works. All right. So Uhtred, are you still going to your family or are you pivoting? Nah, and I'll, I'll go to see my family if we're going to meet back up at sundown because I imagine we'd all go together. All right. Uh, so let's get to Uhtred first because uh, you would know that your uh, family's estate is actually pretty close to the docks, which is just around where you're staying right now at Arcane Marks. So you, uh, yeah, you arrive at your family's estate. There's these big, uh, it's this big gated manor, and uh, there's a couple guards standing outside with sheathed short swords and shields. Is that uh, is that like common place for? Yeah, yeah, you're used to that. Do they? like look like they're gonna stop me or are they just letting me walk bond through no yeah you get close and they uh they 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 step forward and they say who who go who goes there i am utrid son of utrid one of them kind of looks at you like he doesn't believe you the other one says utrid son of utrid i am utrid son utrid wait here and he turn he turns around uh it is it does. It does not seem like a welcoming presence that you've approached the estate with. Uh, so you uh, you wait for a few minutes, and the guard returns 
And he kind of, he gives one last, like, sideways look at you. And he says, open the gate. And the other guard obeys, and they open the gate, and they let you pass. Thank you, gentlemen. They, uh, they don't, they don't respond. They just kind of watch you as you walk in. Might be something that you're kind of used to. Uh, not that you have visited very frequently. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, like, it's been like six or seven years since I was last here. So you enter the the manor, and it's as you remember. It's very lavishly decorated, outfitted. The receiving chamber is, uh, like, just empty. Uh, like, you walk in, and you see the the, like, the curved stairway leading to the second floor, and you've got, like, a straight shot to farther in, a couple doors to your left and right, and you just see nobody in sight. And the moment passes, Is the guard still leading me, or am I just walking? No, they just let you go in. Okay. So, as as I'm walking, like, kind of down, passing the rooms, I would start to, like, uh, Father, where is everybody? The moment passes, and uh, you see you see a man uh, approach the the landing upstairs, and you recognize him as your father. He stops at the landing, and he he looks down at you, and he after after a moment he uh, he raises his arms, welcoming, and he says, "Utrid, welcome." And he uh, he walk he starts walking down the steps. Oh, it's so good to see you, father. Utrid, we weren't expecting you. What brings you back in vigil during the uh, the White Blade Festival? Uh, before Utrid answers, he's gonna embrace his father in a hug. Your turns it. Needed needed to make f- hug something real. Yeah, you might uh you might like linger in that hug a little longer than necessary. Yeah, as I uh I'll lean back a little bit without like releasing my arms and um say. I wasn't expecting to come here. I come for no good reason. Great tragedy is bestowed. Rasta's coffer. It's gone. We're all gone. What what do you mean it's gone? I mean it's it's been destroyed. It is no longer the Rasla coffer of old. I a terrible magic was set upon it. It killed everybody in the town and demented the wildlife and rose the dead. Uhtred, stop, stop. You're you're talking crazy right now. Uh, I wish here, I just, was. Please, son, uh, come with me. Let's 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 get a drink. And he he leads you into the parlor. Uh, and there's a a couple servants and he uh he has them fetch a couple a couple drinks for for you each and he's saying Uhtred, come Come now, uh, but what 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 happened? Was it was it orc raids? Was it was no. it? Uh, so, what? No, it was. This was no orc magic. The truth is, I I I'm not. I don't have hard fact, but I think it was Tarbafan's work. And he kind of like he like looks. He he like cranes around like as if you're like. Like spitting some hot gossip right now or something. He's just like, Utrid, Utrid, please. Utrid takes a big swig of his drink. Like, I know, I know. Trust me, I, it's crazy. Tarbafon remains time, locked away in Gallowspire, son. I know. If, if, if this terrible tragedy did befall 
Roslar's coffer, then how, how are, how is it you're standing before me now? If everybody died, you, you, you seem, you seem well enough. You seem fit. You seem healthy. Well, everybody died, Father, including me. This is going to sound even crazier, but I've been to the boneyard. At this point, uh, somebody else enters the parlor, and uh, I would stop talking, like even mid-sentence. Okay, uh, you recognize Ambrosine, your stepmother, and uh, she she was entering uh, like with like a smile on her face, and uh, she had like a spring in her step, and she lays eyes on you, and she like stops, like mid-step, and her her smile curdles. Oh, Uhtred, son of Uhtred. To what do we owe this honor? And she kind of uh, makes her way to another chair next to your father and helps herself to uh, a generous uh, sip. Uhtred's going to, before she like actually makes it to the chair, like as she's like headed towards it, he's going to stand up and hug her. And I imagine it very much will be like, him hugging her, you know, that kind of like their arms are down by their side and they're like, what the fuck? Her her arms are like like kind of like up like like you just sneezed on her and she's like her her head is like cocked to the side. Your father like stood up. Like cuz he was like expecting you to be like the only reason you'd be doing that would be like lay hands on her or something. So like you hug her, she says she says, all right, is th- that's enough of that. Yes, I, I guess it is. And I'll sit back down. Uh, your father remains standing, and he kind of, like, just looks over at uh, Ambrosine, and she looks back at him. Like, and he, he, he seems, like, kind of, like, like cowed uh, right now. Like, like, he's just like, I'm sorry, he just showed up. I had no idea. And she's just like, what the fuck is he doing here? And, like, he, that dynamic is, is nothing new to you. Uh, so, like, you have no difficulty... Like, sussing out that... I haven't been back in six or seven years. You see why. Yeah. So, uh, your your father, he, he like, gestures to you, like, speaking to Ambrosine. He was like, Uhtred was just uh, telling me that he's back for the White Blade Festival. And he, he turns back to you. Isn't that right, son? Uh, and he kind of, like... Picking up like on... Like, his eye... Yeah. His eye kind of twitches, uh... This is my family. I know how how the the situation goes. Yep. I pick right up on it, and uh, I say, uh, Yes, uh, it's true. I wasn't planning on coming. As you know, I usually don't come for the festival, but I was recently promoted to captain of the guard of Rossler's Coffer. As you know, the newly appointed captains have to attend their first festival. Oh, a, a guard captain. How appropriate, Ambrosine says. Um, and your your father, he, he looks at you, he's kind of like, he he, see, he seems like happy and impressed to hear that. Uh, he says, Wait until he finds out it's because everyone else was dead. It's <laughs> 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 defaulted to me. I was the best man for the job. <laughs> my 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 strongest quality was I was still alive. <laughs> Are you breathing? <laughs> Boom, you got the job. Uh, but he's uh, Captain Uhtred. 
uh, you you didn't tell me. C- congratulations, son. And he uh, he like thrusts his his hand into yours, and he's like he's shaking it vigorously. And uh, then you hear another voice uh, coming from the the entrance, and you look over and you see your brother Rylan. Rylan, he- you've grown so big, Utrid, and. He just kind of like nods his head at you and he's like being very, very stiff and formal and does not really seem happy to see you. How long will you be staying for? Well, probably till the end of the festival. But I I have a room in one of the inns a little ways from here. Oh, well, good. That's probably for the best. I hope you have a pleasant visit and he turns and leaves. Uhtred looks at his dad. Your dad does not meet your gaze. He seems to be like overly interested in like just some carving design on the arm of his chair. I guess Roland has grown up quite a bit in the last few years. <laughs> oh yeah, yes, yes he has. He's uh he's learned the 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 tricks of the trade uh with with some alacrity, I, I I will say he's stepping into his father's uh, footsteps with ease. Good, I'm glad to hear that. You know, you you can't run the business forever, father. It makes sense that Roland should take over when he's ready. Yes, yes, he's 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 doing a, a wonderful job, and his uh, his betrothed Cass is uh, is going to be a a a, a wonderful partner for him. Yes, yes. Uh, did I did I not tell you? Uh, he uh, uh, he he and uh, he and Cass uh, they're they're newly newly wed. Oh, uh, nice. Yes, surely. Um, I I, th- I thought we'd had, had sent you an, an invitation, but uh, perhaps you missed it. Uh, but you know how it is getting mail way out there in Rossler's coffer. Yes, yes. Of course, of course. Uh, that it must be. Uh, quite, quite frustrating sometimes being, being out there in the in, in a border town like that. Uh, but it was a it was a beautiful ceremony. It was it was quite lovely. Uh, Cass is is a, a a darling darling daughter-in-law. Well, I'm happy for him. He he seems very uncomfortable. Like whether it's at like whether he's like not being truthful about liking Cass or if like maybe there's something else going on, but. Yeah, he he seems it. You're you're used to there being some friction when when you visit, but this is yeah, like everyone pr- is on pin needles. Yeah, and the whole time you can just feel Amberzine's eyes like boring into you. Well, um, Uhtred, let me. Where 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 are my manners? Let let me let me bring you around town for for a little bit. Uh, there's a a whole festival to enjoy after all. Uh, a- Amberzine, would you like to? Would you like to come with us? And he's like, like eyes bulging out of his out of I'll, his head. I'll, she, I'll meet her stare as he suggests that. And she says, "Hmm, no, no, dear, you you go have fun with your son. I will call upon you later." And he's good, good. Uh, U- Uhtred, uh grab grab your coat. Uh, or uh, did you not have one? Uh, well, at any rate, come uh, come with me. Let's let's go. Let's be off. I get up, and uh, I start to follow him, and I just kind of, like, nod my head and say, Amberzine. She just, hmm, enjoy yourself. 
Uhtred. Uh and then we can uh we can fade out on that and go to Vipira. Oof, that was awkward. I kind of I'm kind of afraid of this one. <laughs> Why? Do you have a family that has friction? No. <laughs> I lost all that back in Rossler's coffer. Do we not remember My, all that? Vipira's <laughs> friction. <laughs> Fucking Teflon baby. <laughs> Okay, uh, so so we, we cut to Vipira already sitting down uh, in this uh, kind of like debriefing room. After a moment, uh, the door opens and a man walks in. Vipira, you, you know this man as the masked Perry. Uh, he has a, a rapier at his hip and he's wearing a, uh, like a loose flowing shirt. He's got this... Uh, dashing blonde hair and he's wearing an eye patch and he says good morning vipira i wasn't expecting you at the white blade festival uh yeah well i wasn't really after the two weeks that i've had i wasn't really expecting to be here at all perry you sent me on in what was supposed to be a an information gathering mission what came after was nothing less than a nightmare. Not only did the coffer crew all end up dead, which, by the way, bonding with said crew and then having them decease in front of you twice is not a uh, was not a fun time. Well, I don't know why you're pretending it was my fault, Vipera. I told you not to get involved in that group of miscreants. What? I thought you... I thought you wanted me to be part of the coffer crew. <sighs> Vipera, when I told you that that group of ne'er-do-wells was nothing but a distraction, how did you interpret that to me telling you to go join the coffer crew? Well... I- I mean, the easiest explanation is to get information, you have to be part of the ne'er-do-wells, as you so eloquently put it. Yes, and from your debriefing so far, it sounds like it worked out swimmingly for you. Yeah, yep, yep, I got it. All right, you know everything, I know nothing, I got it. I beg to differ, Vipira, because it sounds like you have quite the thrilling tale for me, and I'm all ears. <sighs> Yeah, she goes over everything, including the part uh, of her uh, of her mother. And when she gets to that point, she goes, "Oh, and by the way, my mother showed up. What? What have you been hiding from me this entire time? You've kept this secret from me. Why? You couldn't have better prepared me. What?" in the world makes you think I knew anything about your mother, Vipira? You, you're the one who uh, was part of my life the entire time. You took me away. I bailed you out of a bind that you were in and relocated you here to Vigil. That does not mean I'm this omnipotent figure that knows all of your secrets, Vipira. We may be a organization that deals in information, but that does not mean we have all the information. So I will excuse your lashing out at me uh, because clearly you are out of sorts right now. But 
you need to get a hold of yourself while speaking to a superior. You knew I was a changeling. You knew that, correct? Even if I knew you were a changeling, Vipira, and perhaps we did, it would not have changed your mission parameters whatsoever. If anything, it would have served as a distraction for your mission as you thirsted for more information. Perry, just what do you want from me? What is the next move here? Because, honestly, I'm dealing with all sorts of things that are way outside of my pay range right now, and I don't know how to go about it. For starters, let's go over this cockamamie story of going to the boneyard, everybody in Roslar's coffer being dead, because I find that extremely hard to believe, Vipira. Okay, well, you can ask Umble and Thoot if you want to, just... Am I supposed to know who that is? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fucking got it in there. Book three, we ain't waiting. <laughs> got it. <sighs> Proud of you, Tom. That was a great slip-in. Perfect. <laughs> Masterful as always. Look, we've had quite the long trip. What what could I say that would make you believe me? At this point, Vipira, after the disrespect you've shown me since I stepped in this room, after this fanciful story that you fed me, I think anything that you say is only going to prove to be a disservice to me believing you at this point. Well, pardon my... I think... I think that you need to show me. You need to give me evidence of the veracity of this story. Okay, well, who's the most higher up person here? You're looking at him. Okay, well, can you see the opal in my heart? No. Okay, so you aren't the most higher up person here. Some sort of weird magic is going on inside of my body right now that has all the evidence in the world to suggest that I am telling the truth. And sadly, it is conveniently uh, invisible to anyone that you need to state your case to, which leaves us at an impasse. You're telling me that everyone in Roslar's coffer, everyone in, in both the town and the nearby temple have died or worse, been turned into undead, and that you had this uh, fantastical uh, journey through the boneyard and the dead roads, and then destroyed an entire- Fantastical? That's where you're going with this? Fantastical. It does bridge the realm of fantasy, Vipira. Forgive me if my descriptors aren't to your tastes. Send your men over to Rossler's coffer itself, and tell me how fantastical it really is. We're stretched thin as it is, Vipira. I can't afford to send someone on a 12-day round trip at best to verify your story. So the burden of proof is on you, not on me. If that is your attitude, Vipira, I'm afraid I don't see a future with you at the Masked Brotherhood. You're telling me that you went to the Boneyard and the Dead Roads, came back to find everyone in Roslar's coffer dead, and then you went on to kill everyone in this cell of the Whispering Way. Well, you must have some sort of proof with you. Did you not bring anything with you to, to verify your claim? Or did you think an entire city uh, of 
of knights and paladins would go charging off to the border town of Roslar's Coffer at nothing but your word. I got a person. How about Uhtred Bevingberg, the captain of the guard over at Rossler's Coffer? Would you take his word for it? <sighs> I'm very busy right now, Vipira. You asked for proof. I'm you're n- not willing to more more just more hearsay is not proof you say that they there could be more whispering way cultists here in vigil search the streets find me someone to interrogate find something of substantial evidence for me to physically look at i won't hear the same outrageous story told from a different person and find it more believable What benefit do I have from doing all this anyway? If you're just not going to believe me and you're having the hardest time of controlling me in any way, shape, or form, what do I get out of this? What happens when I do prove you wrong? Are you going to send armies? Are you going to help us in some way, shape, or form? Are you listening to yourself, Vipira? Do you not hear how outrageously unbelievable this entire story is? Maybe you are telling the truth, but the stakes at hand, if you are, are so immeasurable that the the steps needed to counter them are beyond anything that I have the authority to do within this city without substantial proof of my own to bring to my superiors. That's the way these organizations work, Vipira. You want to save the world? No. You can't do it with pretty words. Not looking to save the world. I'm just looking for my teacher to believe me. If you don't want to, then fine. I will go search for that evidence on my own. Meanwhile, you can... span out wherever you need to and control whatever you need to while there is a very dire situation happening in front of us. So if you're not ready to spare those resources, fine. I will go get whatever I need to get done in order to get your attention. I'm glad we're finally seeing things eye to eye, Vipira. Vipira goes invisible and storms out of the door. I can still see you. Slams the door. All right. You're not my real field captain. <laughs> that go how you thought it would, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm angry. <laughs> so, what's what's Randolph up to? Is he uh he getting a nice he's getting a nice like like hot steamy bath going and yeah, got like going, some lavender uh, incense. He's going for some uh relaxation and all kinds of that, you know, like mm-hmm. Going to the park, having a nice bath, basically taking, yeah, taking taking the edge off of everything and just enjoying being alive. He's just uh, having he have, a me day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, does he have Thalias out? Is he having an us day? He's got Thalias tucked away. Okay. And here's here's the thing. He's he's realizing how much he misses Thalias being out and like interacting with him. Like, yeah. he's just a normal guy now, which is what he wants, but that's not mm-hmm. who he is. So right. slowly throughout the day, he's just like, you know, wow, this this is so nice. Isn't this nice? 
I wish somebody could. He's, you know, he starts. Yeah, he starts talking to himself, like, and not getting an answer. <laughs> and then, so oh. slowly throughout the day, he comes to the realization that uh, that's just who he is now. He's he's not a guy who can just, you know, enjoy life on his own. He's two people, and one of them's Elias, and uh, he calls him out at you know towards the end of the day, and they go about the day as as friends. Goes so from like he, a me day to an us day. So he's just walking around like the streets of Vigil with with ectoplasmic Thalias. At the side. end, yeah, I I think uh, he just sort of gives up on uh, talking to himself like a crazy. Well, he's making a scene either way, right? He's like, at first he's like, this is nice, and then he's talking to himself, and then he's really talking to himself, and he's you know, he needs Thalias to be out, so he's just gonna do that. He, he's weird if he doesn't. Weird if he does. Okay. My head, I imagine, like, when you stop and, like, you get an ice cream cone, you're, like, you're buying two. Like, all <laughs> <Yeah>. day, you're <laughs> buying twos. Dude, it's exactly like that. That's a, that's a perfect, uh, like, way to be looking at it. I mean, maybe not exactly ice cream, but the, the sentiment, right? Yeah. So after you manifest the lias, like, you, you, before that, you were getting probably the occasional, like, sideways glance, like, is that guy talking to me? No. Who the fuck <laughs> yeah. is he? Oh, he's talking. To, he's talking to himself. Oh, weirdo. Um, but like, just very minor stuff like that. You manifest Elias. Yeah, at the point of manifestation, by the way, it would be like it'd be him talking to himself. No, I, I can't get you out. You know, like, no, what, what will everyone think? <laughs> oh, it's just a guy walking around with ectoplasm. Like people are hearing that, they're like, what the fuck? It's like the last straw before he finally snaps and does it. So, yeah, so you finally uh, manifest the Elias, and you're walking around hand in hand, and uh, you're you're getting a lot more looks and, like, not sideways glances. Like, you, <laughs> God damn it. You, you can't exactly look at somebody and be like, oh, that person's a paladin or that person's right. a cleric. But in, in, in Vigil, uh, it's gonna be a lot more common that like you see like this like armored knight and like oh that guy's probably a paladin um and so like you notice a lot of people just like stop what they're doing look at the two of you and just like hold their hand out just kind of like like maybe like scanning like they're all like detecting evil (laughs) as they see this dude walking around with this ectoplasmic guy but like they're just kind of like scanning you and there's like hmm like obviously neither of you are evil they kind of like still watching you but no nobody's like actively like saying like hey you got to put that thing away or you like get the fuck out of the city but you're just leading this trail of like it's like um beauty and the beast everyone's like singing about how weird uh bell is and she's just like having a day by herself it's it's that but it's just everybody's like the fucking ectoplasmic dude like what's he doing and you guys are just having a day now so as that starts happening more and more like i i summon him out he gets some looks he gets a lot of looks he you know when when it's literally everyone looking at me and drawing so much attention i'm gonna obviously talk thalias through this but basically uh, uh you're you're really drawing a lot of attention this, this isn't really what i thought um oh a disguise shall we <laughs> and i want to go Get Thalias a disguise for walking around the city. Get him like a big old hat and trench coat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fake nose and everything. Yeah. So he's so I'm not the ectoplasm guy and he's not a, a 
like a second-rate citizen. It's like a Penn and Teller situation. I'll do all the talking. Okay. I'll talk for both of us. I already do, but I'll continue to do that. All right. That sounds good. So yeah, you got you just get them like some like a real like overly baggy outfit to just kind of like loosely wear over his ectoplasm. Yeah. Uh, and it might need to be adjusted every once in a while because ectoplasm is like it, it's kind of like jello in that it's like it's not quite solid it's not quite liquid so like the more he moves around the more the outfit kind of like oozes down so you gotta just kind of like like reset it every yeah. so often yeah i'll make sure he's looking good uh okay so let's go to uh rogyar all right all right but yeah um yeah rogyar is probably gonna be causing a scene but he's just gonna be flying around the city because He's got this ability to fly, and he's going to damn well use it. <laughs> All right. Um, for the most part, he's just going about his day. He's going, you know, he's going to do some shopping. He's checking out, um, especially, like, the armor and weapon shops. He wants to, to compare. He wants to see the competition to uh, the Stonebuckle family arms. Um, but, yeah, that's that's really all he's doing. He's, he's just flying around. He'll, you know, do some do some shopping, sell some stuff, buy some stuff. Um, okay. Yeah. So he's when you say flying, it's more just kind of like he's like floating, like above the above the ground, or is he like like zipping through the air? I mean, uh, like for the most part, yeah, he's just kind of like floating a few feet off the ground. But I imagine if it gets particularly crowded and he gets frustrated with with the crowd, he'll just like fly up and over just to get somewhere. All right. Uh, so I guess we can fast forward to end of day. And uh, you guys all meet back up at Arcane Marks. Randolph arrives with uh, a, a new friend with a, a, a hat and trench coat. Should we make hey perception checks to recognize yeah, the Do watch? I actually have to roll on this? <laughs> it's, well, uh, I mean, I will. I just didn't realize it was yeah. enough. I, I would introduce the Elias. You don't have to make the checks. When, when I walk in and uh, sit down, so what do you guys think? pretty good huh i think like the the most the most baseline scrutiny uh (laughs) you would just see this like trail of slimy ectoplasm like on the floor in thalias's wake that's why i was confused when you were like do we know who it is like (laughs) well done as always randolph i know we walk around the town no one even notices well sometimes but you should have seen before the before the disguise. Ooh, Vigil was not ready for us. Isn't that yes. right, Elias? Yeah. I imagine many people haven't seen an ectoplasmic spirit before. Walking I've never seen one like that. Be a shock, indeed. But we had ourselves a little day and bonded as always. And well, how uh, how did you all get along? Vipura, you look angry. <laughs> Oh, I had a nice day just exploring the city. You'd be surprised what you could find in a in a city like this. Reminds me of home, actually. Oh yeah, is that new armor that you've got? My goodness. Oh well, yes, I I did treat myself. I, I feel like I've earned it, right? Darn right. Yando says, and I'm here too. Oh, Yando! Almost forgot about you. Yeah, who would ever forget about Yando? Not me. Well, That's why I almost forgot and didn't forget. I'm not saying something if Randolph remembers. Who said that? Well, it seems we all had a busy day. I suggest we 
go get a nice meal and discuss how we should bring our information to some of the higher-ups. I assume everyone agreed to uh, like get a meal and sit down? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Rogar could do with a nice pint right now. Okay. Um, so Uhtred's going to kind of open it up with... Uh, you all probably don't know this, but back when I was a young lad, I squired under El- Eluna Vavatos, the second sword knight of the last wall and the high priestess of Iowa the day in the city, almost assured that she would grant us an audience and listen to what we have to say. At the very least, she should be able to point us to who we need to speak with with the Knights of Ozum. Hey, that's not bad thinking. Well, I'll get you with the connections. Yeah, we should get in touch. To be fair, it's probably been close to 12 years since I've seen her last, but I think she will take a a meeting with me if I request it. Well, uh, on that note, well, since we're here, we should, uh, Uhtred boy, why don't you at least send her her a message tonight? Make sure that uh, we can set up an appointment so we're not just showing up tomorrow. That's a good idea, Rogar. Yes, good idea. Let's all send uh, all of our appointments and, and get everyone we need to talk to. Let's plan to do that today, and then tomorrow we'll go do it. Yes, tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll do that. Well, before we all uh, head our separate ways, something that I've realized is uh, we may need physical evidence that the, that the practices that we are warning the... Um, higher-ups of we may need to prove that they're happening here as well. Yes. That's why I grabbed Althusser's journal and the town leisure from Rossler's coffer. And don't you still have those robes? We may need more evidence but I think why? those uh, would start off. Well, I mean anybody could fake a journal and... You know, who knows what, like... That's all the evidence we have. Unless you, somebody brought more. Did you guys bring anything else with you? Do you think someone would do that? Just open a journal and start telling lies? Yeah, I was fairly convinced this journal, with its detailed notes, was going to be more than sufficient. We could try. Did you talk to somebody about this stuff? Why do you think it would not be enough? Just an old friend who, uh didn't quite believe in the uh in the tales that i have uh given him yeah i imagine it does sound crazy without any of the evidence be pretty hard story to believe my own father thinks i'm crazy now but maybe we are all a little crazy (laughs) speak for yourself i would have just shown him my phantasm companion (laughs) this is true any anybody who thinks that at some point today they would have uh, done any bathroom breaks. Like, ask what? Done any bathroom breaks? No, I, I would hope that we can get through those uh, without much issue. If anybody thinks that their characters would have done any like information gathering on like who would be a good person to like go to for this task that you have. Like, like, who are some who are some big players in the city right now that we could like get their ear if we could like corner them after they like do a speech or something? 
uh, you can give me a diplomacy check retroactively to gather information. I'll give it a shot because I feel like I just kind of wandered around town and have a good grip on it. But yeah, I got a three. I'm not diplomatic. Um, Vipira might try just because of um, if, uh, if, if the Mass Brotherhood isn't going to help, then maybe somebody else will who is a little bit more uh, understanding. 27. Ooh, okay. Anybody else? Yeah, uh, my role is going to be slightly different. It's going to be for if I, if anything inconvenienced me that I need to uh, bring up to a higher up about my day, you know? Like if I see any okay. change, if like I'm showing up to Vigil. Street. The churro stand uh, had too long of a line. Yes, something real Karen, you know? All right. Uh, Uhtred, you doing one? No, because I think Uhtred's thought process is I'm going to go talk to my old um, guess she's a nutty so he wouldn't be like oh I need to gather information to see who I should talk to he kind of also already had that in mind okay so Vipira with a 27 you've gotten like a, like a, a short list of people that you could probably talk to about it uh, for one there is uh, Sito Maldera she is uh, a hero of the Belks in Front uh, she's the highest-ranking Knight of Ozum at the festival. Uh, she's also basically a celebrity within Vigil about, like, with her her war escapades. She's kind of a humongous badass. He would also know um, Evni Zagnas, uh, the venture captain of the Pathfinder Society here in Vigil. Nope. Don't worry about him. <laughs> her. Z- yeah, that's what I mean. And then you would know of Vina, uh, Vina uh, Helyu, the Presenter Marshal of Magic. Uh, she leads the Battle Mage Academy at the Crusader War College, uh, specifically the like the the spellcaster uh, branch. And I imagine while you're you're discussing your plans for tomorrow, you're like I don't know, maybe you've booked a like a private dining room and you're just kind of chowing down but tom i'll let you if if you think vipero would add any of these names i'll, I'll let you role play that if you want uh i'll absolutely um put that out to the group uh saying all three names um, <coughs> <coughs> <Evni Zagnos coughs> um yes yes well that's that's a very good lead but um She's she's so busy these days. She, she won't have um she's out of town I I heard and um yes well uh, it's worth it's it's uh, considerable considerable yes we'll consider it. <coughs> um Uhtred? Ra- Randolph, do you know Evni Zognos? I don't think so. No, I've never heard of him. Um I'm sure he's swell though and uh yes. Uh, no, yes. Maybe. I, I've run into her before, once or twice. You don't, you don't th- think you know him, but you've run into him. Yes, she, uh, she, she and I have some history. Yes, I, I am a pathfinder, and well, I've been around, and I might have been having to report to him. Uh, uh, I'm purposely on, confusing the Randolph, genders is this, a bunch. Is this a, is this a boy or a girl that you're talking about? Is this, is this your girlfriend or something that you don't want us to? 
go snooping around asking questions to? Yes! Yes, that's what it is. Thank you. Thank you, Yendo. It's a, a lover of mine. Evening. Well, great. That must make things a little bit easier to introduce us. So, Evni Sognos, it is. Perfect. Yes, that's what I, I was going to say. Did it sound like resistance? No, no, Evni Zognos. Yes, it'd be lovely to see him. So we got this Evni Zognos, who we <laughs> should or shouldn't go uh, talk to tomorrow. Uh, anyone else? Vina Helu and Sito Maldera. All right. Don't look well, at me. I don't know them. Should we? Uh, should we divide and conquer tomorrow, or should we? Should we all stick together? And hit hit these people one at a time. If I know one thing throughout these adventures, you should always go together and work together in order to get a higher diplomacy. What's a diplomacy? Exactly. Also, <laughs> we should probably go together, seeing as it sounds like Vampira realized today no one's just going to believe this story on word alone. I think you're right, lad. The, the the five of us speaking together lends more credence, and we'll make sure we have that diary and any other proof that we need. Yes, especially Evni. That will be great. Uh, five stories instead of one story, yes. Backup, that's what I need. All right. Sounds good. We should stuff. It was a big meal. He's doing the lean back and, like, double hand, belly rub a little bit on his little food baby. Goliath doesn't eat food, does he? No, he's an outsider. They don't need food. Can he eat food? Like, as a treat? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you can give him a treat. <laughs> nice. So it sounds like you guys have a pretty solidly loose plan for tomorrow. Yep. 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 It sure does. All right, so you guys uh, go back to your room, or maybe rooms. I don't know. You might have to... There's four of you. You might have needed two rooms. Maybe you got a suite. I don't know. But you... Uh, turn in for the night another another night of no watches how fan how fancy yeah and we'll uh we'll pick it up here next week on the inspired incompetence podcast oh yeah see ya see ya see ya